Welcome to the Ridgecrest Lost and Found podcast. We are back with another episode. It's going to be exciting. My name is Logan. I'm Steven. What is the the Lost and Found podcast, Logan? I was trying it to do it without that. I was going to try something new. Okay, I thought you forgot. I was trying to keep you accountable. No, but now I, you know. What? Okay. This is a podcast where we get random people and talk about random things in the same way that you have a Lost and Found bucket at your church. This is what our podcast is about. Today, we have none other than Christopher White. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited to know I'm just another random person. Yes. You are just one of many. Oh, yes. There's nothing that is like exciting or like puts you above anybody else. Yeah. You're just great. normal in every way. How would you feel if I started calling you Christopher un- you can, unironically? You can do that. That's fine. It's too many syllables for me. That's fine. That's my middle name. Oh. Yeah. Christopher Robin. How many? If you had to put a percentage of people in your life that call you Christopher, what would the mm. percentage be? So, uh, Kayla, my wife, uses that every now and then. When Only when I'm, trouble, yeah. Yeah, when I'm in trouble. Yeah, when I'm in trouble. I get the, get the full name. And then um, my mother-in-law sometimes will say Christopher. Oh. So, but not in when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Or even she'll just say it. Cricket's a nice lady. Yes, her grandmother name is Cricket. And she, well, I, I mean, I figured that was, obvious. it's not her real name. <laughs> <laughs> Would she be upset that we just outed her grandma name in front of everybody? I don't think so. Don't, she I likes feel it. Like cricket's a good, she likes name. it. She likes it. It's so interesting that like, like what'd you call your grandmother? Or, um, or, so I have a Nana and a granny. See, I feel like we went from like, everyone was like, mamaw, meemaw, granny, mm. nanny, something like that. And then. For our generation, it just went off the rails. Or I guess our parents' generation, it just went off the rails. And now it's all over the place. Right, just random stuff, too. Yeah. What is your father-in-law's name? Sir? Papa. Yeah, see, that's classic. Yeah, I like that. Um, Megan's grandfather, who is Cash and Cannon's great-grandfather, his name is, uh, I think it's Pa. Pa. Like P-A. Just Pa. I have a hard time saying Pa. Not like physically, but like it's just weird to me. Kind of drags out, doesn't it? Yeah, like, pa. Yeah, we got too much draw to be doing just stuff like that. Anyway, Chris, we're glad you're here. Um, we know each other from seminary and mm-hmm. life and all kinds of stuff in ministry. We'll get into that in just a minute. Um, the icebreaker that I wanted to start us off with today is a conversation that we had a few days ago that you have now kind of been able to really flush out and add to. So I'm excited to hear about it. And it's the conversation about the orientation of your watch. That's right. Because I am, I guess what I would call your normal, your traditional way of wearing a watch, which is on top of the wrist, but you are an under the wrist. So I've recently made that switch. I've been a lifetime, I guess you would call it topper or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe not um, topper. Maybe not the right maybe one. Maybe not topper. But just wearing it on the top. And even like since high school, I've worn a watch since high school. Um, but this watch is just a cheap Walmart watch because I'm rough on them. Um, rubbed just a little raw spot on top. So I just switched it over. Mm-hmm. But then wearing it under, I really have found so many areas in which it's just, it's better. It looks a little different. Um, but like, for example, so, um, I counsel, um, I'm in a counseling program, so I'm an intern and, um, it's such a more subtle movement for checking the time on your watch. It's like, I can be sitting here talking to you and to do this is a lot more obvious than just, I can do that. And then I can glance down and know, Hey, we've got 15 minutes left without being like, dude, 
are you done talking yet? And, and, and people will call you out if you do the wrist turn and look just a little, even if it's mm-hmm. a subtle, but when you do this, they everyone sees it and they go, oh, he's what ready to get the heck Very out Very obvious. Yeah. And in my office, I've got one seat that I can see the clock from and one seat where I can't see it so great from. It's very obvious when I mm-hmm. check it because I have to kind of like turn. And so this has been really effective. Or even if you do like, like you're trying to like do either like tent the hands or even maybe like, what is this called? Interlock and just mm-hmm. kind of have them in your lap. Then boom, your, mm-hmm. your watch is right there. Ready. It's right there. Go for the chin scratch. Just look down and look at the watch. You know? Well, see, I want to have, I want to be a under wrister. Just try it. We're going to find a different name. No, I have tried it. I don't know if there's an actual name for it. There's got to be. Is there a name for it? Um, I have no idea. We'll find out later. Here, I, but d- I did used to wear it like that until I started wearing a smartwatch. Mm, yeah. That's the one problem. Okay, good. My camera still has battery. That's the one problem I feel with that is that the watch is more prone to taking damage. I agree with that. So that's why I stopped it. The, the reason I don't like it is for the sole purpose of when I put my wrist down, I feel it. I mm-hmm. feel the, what is this called? The, the bevel, the, fa- the face. I feel the face on my wrist. I don't feel it when it's like this. Yeah, so I do have to switch it. So like when I'm counseling, I've started wearing it like this. But whenever I'm writing out my case mm-hmm. notes from then, I'm left-handed. And so I have to switch it over because you if I, I am. So if I'm writing, like it was like almost like doing Morse code, like tick, 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 yeah, tick, yeah. tick, tick, And just, I just How come you don't do, do right wrist? Um, I don't know. This feels, it just feels good. I feel it's like where that's one of those things where like... Even if you're lefty, it's it's a 50-50 on whether you go right wrist or left mm-hmm. wrist. I'm right wrist and I'm right-handed. You're right wrist and you're right-handed. You are a right wrister. Mm-hmm. I I've tried wearing it over here once I got the raw spot, and I was like, this is, I can't do Feels that. Weird. And so then I just said, let's try under. Yeah. And it's worked great. I had the, the whoop band forever. Mm. And so I had watch on one, whoop on the other. And it's amazing how many people called me out for wearing two watches. And I'm like... It's a little extra. And I'm like, but there's no screen you still have a tan i I have a good tan i've I've recently gotten rid of it it's still at my house i've chosen tan no the the whoop strap i've chosen to take a week or so off just to see how i feel about it because i've worn it for over like four years it's like that guy with two phones you know like just a little extra you have two phones a hundred percent yes you have a week you you caught me that's what i figured you caught me all right well i'm glad we solved that was was that the extra information that you wanted to talk about with regarding the watch? Yeah, that was it. Oh, perfect. All right, Christopher. Can't say that. Um, <laughs> take three seconds or three hours. Um, tell us who you are, where you came from, what you do, all the things, and we'll we'll rabbit trail as we see fit. Yeah. So the three hour intro to that is um, so I'm Chris White. Excited to be here, and um, I am married to Kayla. Mm. We have three beautiful children. We've got Grayson, who is six, um, six and a half. We've got Madeline, who is three, turning four in January. Yes, she is. We've got Olivia, who is two, turning... Call her Madeline? Olivia, Madeline. We've got... You've never called her that. So her name is Madeline K. White. So sometimes we call her Madeline. Sometimes it's Maddie K. Sometimes it's M.K. Okay. So she's got... Maddie K. Usually it's Maddie K. Okay. Well, you know, I try to be official here. I'm sorry. You know, give Please out the real the real name. Please continue. Um, and then we have Olivia, who is two turning three in February. So Maddie Kay and Olivia are. See now you got me <laughs> wanting to say how you normally say it. Just they are. Um, they're a year and uh, two weeks apart. 
which yes, is they, fun. Yes, they are. Yeah, which is fun. And it's it's funny because they're starting to get to the, I mean, they're at the age where you can't do one for one without doing the other. Mm-hmm. And so like um, today was pajama day for Maddie Kay at school mm-hmm. or at her day program and a not for Olivia. But you better believe they both wore pajamas today. Yeah, because they're in different grades, but they're but age wise are just so close. Yeah, they're in different. So yeah, they're in different parts of the church that we have them yeah. in. Um, but and so they kind of do different things. But Olivia was not allowed about to let uh, we, her sister on have sun, on the Sunday. We had a there was they called it something, but it was basically wear your costume to church. Yeah, but it was only for preschool, and so Canon. We got the email. I don't think Cannon's like two and change. I don't think he's considered in preschool yet. Maybe he is. I don't know. But he got the email. And so he was wearing a costume. And so Cash, the six-year-old or five-year-old who was officially out of preschool, was there was no way that he was not wearing a Paw Patrol costume. Absolutely. And so he was like the only kid in the children's ministry area wearing a costume. And at first I was like, is he going to get embarrassed or is he going to, and no, he was like, I get to dress up. Look yep. at these other fools who yep. aren't dressing up. They need to take like, take uh, what's the word? Initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Olivia is the only one today wearing in her class wearing pajamas. <laughs> of course, is the dad bringing them. It's yeah. like, you know, like, oh, what a loser, you know? Well, Just, we think that for other things, not for that. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Please continue. Sorry, we we've already rabbit trailed. On, oh, and on that, I mean, that, yeah, names. yeah, that's it. Kayla and I have been married for um, for eight years. Going to be nine years next May, and um, she's a therapist um, in the area, and I am in school to be a therapist. And so I graduate in December. Um, I'm a counseling intern at Summit Counseling um, downtown, you. connected with First Jackson, and so I'm getting my hours there and trying to graduate. Yeah, we'll, we will go into more detail about that. Sure. Um, where'd you come from? Texas is home. Mm. Born and raised. Deep East Texas. So if you drew a a triangle between Dallas, Houston, and then Shreveport, I guess that looks right on the camera. Um, <laughs> I looked at you, and then I'm looking at the camera, and I don't think it looks good. He was, but, looking, um, he was looking right at Steven. Steven was giving him nothing. Steven but, was looking uh, at him like he was too kinds of stupid. I'm not a geography person. I, I you're, you're just... East Texas, this okay. side, this side of Texas. The interesting thing about this side of Texas. The interesting thing that I've found about Texas is people from Texas are generally very excited to be from Texas, which is understandable. I'm excited to be from Mississippi, but what's interesting about Texas is the regions are so strong in Texas. Like the people from East Texas, you're from East Texas. Yeah. If you're from West Texas, it's like you're a completely different, completely people. different person. And then like. I know people from DFW and they're holding strong. And in South Texas, I don't really know a lot of people from North Texas, yeah. but I would assume you're very excited to be from North Texas. You could have four different states. You really could. Oh, yeah. You could have four different states. I don't know what you'd call them, but. ET, WT, ST. That's, that's lame. Yeah. I bet you Dallas, DFW, you could just call that Dallas and it could be a state. Just right yeah. in the middle. Yeah. I like Dallas. Of course, people from Fort Worth would hate that because people from Fort Worth are like, we don't live in Dallas. We live in Fort Worth. But it's it's Dallas-Fort Worth it's to funny. literally everybody else in the world. I'm just telling you, we have family that's in Fort Worth. Oh, they feel I, very strongly about they it. They feel very strongly about it. They, they can get Fort over Worth. it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they listen to this podcast. <laughs> they will. And, you know, and, and you know will. that an East Texas boy said, <laughs> says, get, get over, over it. <laughs> yeah, get over yourself. I mean, you basically just lived in Arkansas. I mean, that's really what it was. Okay. I think my time on this podcast <laughs> is over. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Lufkin, we didn't say that, but I know because we're friends. Yeah, that's right. Lufkin, just a good little city in the central cent- in the middle of East Texas, about thirty five thousand people. So um, really, one of the biggest cities in the area. Um, and so uh, moved to Lufkin when I was in seventh grade. Uh, lived about forty minutes away. 20, 30, 40 minutes away before that um, in just a tiny little, I mean, the community was so small. Get this. They just got, um, well, I'll, I'll say that in a second. So <laughs> what a tease. The center of like, there's like a crossing with the highway, yeah. but only is such a small community that only one way gets a stop sign. Oh. Can't afford four stop signs, you know, because a lot. Um, and so, I mean, ever always growing up, you know, it's just, you just, if you're on, Three uh, fifty-seven or whatever. You just you just go straight. Yeah. Um, if you're coming this way, you just you have to stop. Yeah. Well, they just added stop signs to the other way, and, and, and it tickets. on Facebook it well, there's no tickets, there's no cops out there. You know, uh, you might see a game warden every now and then, but um, Facebook blew up. They're like, "What the heck are we doing?" Yeah, all twenty-five people were <laughs> very upset about. I mean, literally, it was every day somebody was like, "Y'all, watch out! There's four stop signs now. Don't blow through them." Which is a good thing. You want to yes. know, but um, it, it's a funny. very tiny community. You just keep going straight to get to my house until uh, the road turns into a blacktop, and then the blacktop turns into a red dirt, and we're surrounded by cow pastures and homeschooled yeah, so of course. i mean it was great tell. it was great i would get done at, i'd get done at 12 o'clock with my school and i would spend the rest of the day fishing in the cow ponds walking around you the when you were done with your with your school for the day i was never done at 12 my mom wouldn't let me be done by 12 that's I, the only good part about being homeschooled is yeah, you only had half day school Poor innocent Logan. You don't understand. <laughs> what did you do all day? Um, work, it sounds like. Yeah, I did yeah. schoolwork every single every single day. I had every single subject every single day. I had a I had to do a lot of extra like I got worked like a dog in homeschool. So what was y'all's typical hours with doing? Uh eight o'clock to eleven for a lunch break, then one to three usually. That's pretty normal. Yeah, that's just normal. Yeah. Just occasionally, every now and then, several times a week, we would get done around that 12 o'clock mark. But you realize if it's several times a week, that's like two-thirds of your time. Yeah, but then sometimes you're doing school on Saturday, Sunday. You know, I mean, it's just... That, well, that, not Sunday. We weren't allowed to do yeah, school that, on that, Saturday. That, that never happened for us. We never pushed it into the weekend. I will yeah. I will yeah. give them that. Yeah. yeah, give your parents some credit here, okay? I mean, I turned out... The grass is not always greener on the other homeschool house. <laughs> Well, I take great pride in being homeschooled. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. It was a big blessing. Yeah. Then you went to a good old Lufkin, Lufkin High, High School. School. Yep. That was it. Home of the Panthers. Tom, Tomcats. Oh, okay. Okay. Whoa. That was another school. There was a school with the Tomcats? Oh, I'm sure. I don't oh, know it. Okay. I've been doing this thing lately. I've been trying to guess people's high school mascots. And so far, I'm over two. Yeah, don't yeah. get it twisted. That's yeah. not. Yeah, we're yeah. the Panthers. So, Chris, the Black Panther. <laughs> you know so you're doing great well good deal um let's see so we we know each other because of seminary that's right and so you know you start oh no we know each other because of the wedding that's right well i never met you that's true so steven i was at chris chris and kayla's wedding mm-hmm. having no idea who chris and kayla were 
I'm pretty sure I saw him fall asleep. Why? That's not true. I didn't fall asleep. I almost fell asleep at another First Baptist Jackson wedding, well, and I was sh- in that wedding. Sh- sh- just stop. Just stop. You think you're gonna get yourself in trouble from the FBJ people? <laughs> well, just you know, whoever. Um, I know. I'll tell that story in a second. So Megan and Kayla are childhood friends. They both were at Macomb together. Their fathers were worked at the same church together. Um, Michaela, Michaela. Wow, you owe her an apology. I do. Kayla is like four years older than Megan, right? She's three years older than me, us, right? Is Megan our age? Megan's a year younger than us. Then four years older than Megan, yeah. And so me and Megan, what what year did y'all get married? 15. So we were dating, and Megan was like, hey, go to this wedding. And it was the first time I'd ever been to First Baptist Jackson. It was the first time I'd even really met any of the Macomb people, which I didn't really meet them. But so we walk in and I'd never been in First Baptist Jackson. And so first I'm looking around, I'm like, this is a giant sanctuary. Have you ever been in First Baptist Jackson sanctuary? No. It's very big. It's very brown wooden. But the way that it works, so you're kind of, you if you would be used to kind of our Pine Lake Broadmoor sanctuaries that kind of fan, it's more yeah. like semicircle uh, stadium seating. First Baptist Jackson's has some of that, but then it also goes straight back for like a mile. It's very deep. So you can, if you're sitting in the back row of the back section, Mm -hmm. it feels like you're a mile away from the stage. That's just how they did it back then. Yeah. And so I'm looking around, I'm like, this is crazy. And so we sit kind of midway. We've got all these people that I have no idea who they are. (laughs) We've got the wedding party. I have no idea who they are. And I'm like, this is great. It's a little wedding. And then fast forward like a year later, I'm like, I know you. I was at your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So we did seminary at the um, Mississippi College Extension Center yep. with New Orleans there. Which and was great. It was great. <laughs> it was great. We've got some amazing <laughs> stories. Uh, we could have a three-hour podcast we, just off of those stories. If we ever get Ford back in here to do a, a like a threesome podcast, a oh, triple man. pod... Would be we a have, barn burner. We have some great stories that we could tell that would probably insult some people, but it'll be fine. Um, I I was talking to someone the other day. I was talking about seminary, and they went in like on campus mm-hmm. to. I, I they may have gone to New Orleans. I said, look, going to the extension center was fantastic for me because I got to have a full time job, mm-hmm. which you can do at the seminary, but it was easier to do here. I got to stay where I wanted to be, which was local, and I met so many youth pastors mm-hmm. and pastors that we hung out with once a week. I met some youth pastors that I didn't want to hang out with ever again, but we met a lot of people that like we still have relationships with. Yeah. And so how was what was your overall experience of Extension Center Seminary? Yeah, so I did the piece of it that y'all didn't really care to do, and that was I did a lot of intensives yes. there on campus. So I, I enjoyed being at the Extension Center, but I also enjoyed very much going and doing the week-long intensives. And exactly. so like in January, they have um, a Defend the Faith conference. And if you go and sit all week at Defend the Faith and listen to the apologetics and all of that good stuff, um, you're enrolled in one, two, or three classes. You can then write papers based off of everything you learned and get credit for it. Um, Every May, they hold intensives. And so you go, you sit in a class for a week. Uh, I think I did Old Testament that way, maybe. Mm. Um, No, I did Old Testament online. Um, I did something intensive. But you go and sit for a week, and you learn, and you write papers, and you um, do a presentation or whatnot, and um, they give you credit. And I really enjoyed getting to go 
down um, and be on campus for those weeks. Yeah. They were good. I never did that. And I that, tried to get you to do it, but you just, it's okay. You just didn't want to do it. Well, one, when we started, it used to be you had to do intensives because mm-hmm. you had to have at least 30 hours of on-campus yep. classes. And yep. so one of the things you just had to go down there, but our year was the first year you could do a fully online or fully extension center seminary. And so one, that was great for me because leaving Megan for a week or leaving Megan and cash for a week was difficult. Um, the other part of it is I hate new Orleans. Mm. It's my least favorite city I've ever been to in terms of like major metropolitan met- metropolises. Yeah, metropoli. It's a shame. It's, a sh- it's terrible. Yeah, I enjoyed at least once a week when I would go to the intensives, I would go downtown and I would eat beignets and you waited in line for two hours. Ah, it was great. Great. Look at the big rats that run next to you while you're eating your beignet. Cause it they, smells, yeah. it smells wonderful. Dirty. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I enjoyed like getting it. to visit and go and have that experience. You're much more missional than I am. That's probably what it is. Thank you. Thank but, you. I appreciate that. So uh, you can, uh, take out or put in as much information as you want to in this. How did you get from seminary to now your counseling? All right. So um, in 2015, spring of 2015, I started seminary and went to go be the student pastor at First Cleveland. Did that for a couple of years and uh, came to Highland Colony Baptist Church um, in Ridgeland, right off of Highland Colony Parkway and did that. And then after that couple of years, went to Birmingham to serve at Dawson Memorial Baptist Church. Shout out to all those wonderful churches. Mm. Um, but then at Dawson, um, uh, COVID happened. I was doing some extra schoolwork then as well, um, working on a PhD. And I just, I think I just, I just got burned out. Mm. I just put so much on my plate. And, um, and also, did. and just also realized that I, maybe student ministry is not what I, uh, was particularly gifted at um, and loved, and we've talked about that. How my my probably my giftings um, and my passion would be more suited to like um, senior adult ministry because um, I still have that Branson trip planned. Chris is actually eighty seven years old on the inside. Pretty close. You yeah, would love nothing more than to like go to Cracker Barrel, get black coffee, one hundred percent. Maybe eat half a pancake, one hundred percent, and then sit on the front porch and just hang out with people. So when I was in college, um, in a community college back home in Lufkin, on Tuesdays, um, the group of men, a group of older men at our church would all hang out at night, do potluck. Their wives would cook for them mm-hmm. and play 42, which is a, a dominoes game. Okay. And so I would go hang out with them and drink coffee and play 42. And it was good food too. Yeah. And so I loved it. I loved it. And so... Um, but we used to be like, you know, Chris would be playing in like a dodgeball event or like in a, like, you know, some kind of student ministry focused thing. And we were like, Chris, just go do senior adult ministry. Yeah. Take the people to Branson. Yeah, go have just, a good time. It's a dream. It just wasn't my gifting, and that's okay. And we realized that and learned that, and um, COVID probably accelerated that process, And so, which was uh, tough at the time, but okay. And so um, left, came back here uh, in 2020, came back here, started working at a bank because um, Dr., uh, Dr. Ron Mumbauer was – counseling us just through that transition mm-hmm. and um 
he said, you know, don't feel the pressure to jump right back into a church because that's literally where all of your degrees and everything is in. <laughs> Just don't feel that pressure, no pressure. Yeah. But so we did that and jumped into a bank for a, a year and a half. And finally, Kayla and I, were, we were driving home. We were visiting First Baptist Flora. Um, shout out to Pastor John Daniels. We love, love you, John. His um, son Russ great. has been on the podcast. Yeah, he has. That's right. And I'm sure he's listening. Um, we loved being there at First Floor under his preaching. But we were driving back and um, we were talking just about just, you know, the bank and working and ministry and all of this good stuff, talking through what, what I enjoyed about ministry and what I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I brought up counseling, which we had joked about before. And it's like, you know, that's just the part about student ministry that I really loved the most was not the events, um, not any of that stuff, but just getting to sit down and talk one-on-one and getting to hear people's story. And she basically, along the lines, just said, well, why don't you just shut up and do it? Which is my favorite. And so, yeah, just shut up and do it. And just, you know, Nike, but like a little bit of twist on it. (laughs) And so I literally applied to Liberty University's master's counseling program like two days later and started the classes two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And here we are, about to graduate. So So when do you graduate? December. So this is the part that I I didn't have a lot of experience, but... No, knowing you and Kayla and, you know, right when we started hanging out was when Kayla was going through stuff, a counseling, getting to be like a non-counselor through education to being a full-fledged licensed counselor is a lot more, it's not complicated, but it's more in-depth than probably a lot of people think it is. So walk us through that. Yeah, they've got, there's a lot of filters and the barrier to entry is a lot, is pretty high. And I think that's a good reason for it, especially having gone through that. I think, you know, obviously agree with it Mm -hmm. full. So you got to get the degree. You got to have a master's degree that's um, related to the field. And then once you get that degree, you can apply to become a PLPC, which is a provisionally licensed professional counselor. And so while you're provisionally licensed, it, you've got to get three hour, 3,000 hours um, mm. under, a, uh, under a supervisor. 1,300 of those are direct. Roughly 1,300 are like face-to-face. And then the other is just whatever, administrative work. I mean, but just think about that, like 3,000 hours. Yeah, it takes most people about two and a half, three years. That's crazy. Um, I mean, it's one of yeah. those where that's crazy, and it is. We can say that it's crazy. But you want that. It, you also don't yeah. want Uncle, Uncle Jimmy telling you who knows what you know, sitting across from you. Yeah. Or maybe you do. Who knows? No, you probably don't. I don't. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't. That's so funny. Good for encouragement, not good for counseling. Sometimes not good for encouragement, depending on who Uncle Jimmy is. Counseling, counseling has been really good for me for a couple of different things. One, for me, it's been helpful when I, because I can just get things out and Mm -hmm. talk through things and, one of the things that my counselor has done that I've really appreciated is, is what I, what I try to do is when I'm talking to him, I try to be very, I try to say the words that come to mind and how I feel about things. But at the same time, I'm trying to be really, uh, very careful about the words that I'm saying, because I want to say accurately what I'm feeling because what he's done a lot is I'll just talk for forever, which is probably like 10, 10 minutes, but I'll just, word vomit everywhere and then at the end of it he'll say hey you said like you feel this way about this why do why do you feel that and it's just so interesting how a lot of what it is for me is him just kind of taking things and 
picking things out and saying like, okay, you said that you feel this way about it, yeah. or you describe so and so as this. Like, why do you feel that way? And so, and that's kind of how a lot of how me and him will unpack things is just like him look, listening to the words that I'm saying and then saying like, why did you say that? Why do you feel that way? Yeah, got to know where to poke. Got to know where to prod. Got to know when mm-hmm. to poke and prod and when not to, and where not to. Yes, you just got to. You know, it's it's interesting. It's, we we've talked about that before. How there was a time where, like, we were going and we were probably the first session that I met with him. I was just I was talking the whole time and he was listening and kind of trying to clarify some things. And at the end of it, he had, he actually had a little whiteboard. He was like, all right, so this is how you feel. And he just wrote it all down. And I was like, I think so. And we did that the first and second time, or the second and third time, he kind of gave some practical things, things that can kind of help me like as I'm leaving to kind of work through things. And then the fourth time, we were talking and chatting, and <laughs> I, I was talking about something or complaining. And he said, so you you do know you believe that god is in control right and i was like yes and he was like you know that you're not in control you are you going to let god be god or are you going to continue to be god and i was like yeah called you out i was like no i'm not going to be god and yes he just and it was great i needed that but there's that time where like you just stick just a dagger go for the throat yes. yeah sometimes you got to do that i've done that once or twice and uh it can definitely be nerve-wracking um setting down that hard challenge. Right. Um, but, you know, he's not going to do that the first session either. No. You know. Or maybe, and, you know. Who knows? Maybe I was the the outlier. Maybe every other one. He's like, hey, stupid. Yeah, I doubt that. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt that. Um, the other part about counseling that's been great for me is realizing that I have no idea how I feel about things. Mm. As, as a dude, but also just as Logan, for me, it's like, how do you feel? I either feel happy or sad or bad. Yeah. And then you say, like, okay, well, what does that mean? It's like, I just feel, uh-uh, like yeah. just bad. Yeah. And so we would straight up bring out like the feelings chart or the feelings wheel and just say like, okay, let's just walk through this. Like you feel bad. What does that mean? Uh, is it, are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you angry? And then out of that, and the interesting part of that has been, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, the way that we, we've done it is like a feelings wheel, mm-hmm. which is like you have a, a, a central wheel and it's got four or so, then a secondary layer that's got maybe, I don't know, 16 or something. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's got a, a bunch. But what I'll do is sometimes now is I'll look through the wheel and it'll say something like, I feel uh, sad, worried, despair. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't feel despair. But what I do feel is blank. Like the first two are correct, but the third is not. Yeah. But I've since I've worked all the way down, I can really pinpoint what I'm feeling or not feeling. Yeah, I've used the wheel a lot, the feelings wheel. I've got a colleague who has a pillow, actually. And um, it's great because it doubles this decoration, yeah. comfort, and then also a feelings wheel. And so, yeah, and I think, you know, to your point, that's I feel like a lot of that is a guy thing of not necessarily having this vocabulary for how we feel. And so, you know, you've got the five and it's, you know, mad, sad, happy, something, something. Um, but you, and then, okay, well, what does sad mean? Cause sad could mean, like you said, sad could mean eight different things. 
And then that could mean 16 different things. Mm-hmm. And so let's nail down exactly. And I've used the feelings wheel before where somebody couldn't get past sad. And I said, hold on one second. And I ran to the other room and grabbed the pillow and brought it back. Uh-huh. And then it just opened up the entire session, which was really cool because yeah. um, they were able to, you know, just kind of gain that vocabulary of, oh, this is how I really feel. And that was me. Yeah. I mean, like, that was me. And it's great. The best part now is that now, because Megan has no issue with that. Megan can tell you exactly how she feels. Yeah. She has a hundred feelings to choose from, and she'll tell you exactly. But she would get so frustrated because she was like, you've got to talk to me. And I'm yeah. like, I am. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And now, And now it's funny because sometimes I can process things either verbally or I can think pretty quickly. But when mm-hmm. I'm dealing with like how I'm emotionally I'm feeling, there'll be times where I'm like, I need you to go away and I can, so I can think about how I'm feeling for 10 minutes Yeah, and then we can come back. And usually she's a little less frustrated or angry and I'm a little less frustrated or angry, but I'm able to say, okay, I've worked through it. I'm feeling this way yeah. because of this, which comes from this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Timeouts are magical. Who yes. timeouts all the time. Our premarital counselor who's the same as my counselor now, he called it being flooded. Mm-hmm. You know, like you flood yep. a carburetor. Yep. And he says, when you're flooded, very little beneficial things happen. You need to let that gas drain out, get not yep. flooded, yep. and then come back. And we do that, you know, one out of ten. As needed. Yeah. <laughs> the other nine, we're flooded and we're still talking about it. Yeah. But there yeah. are times where I'm like, we... We can't, we're not doing this right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, you also just use the language that you're supposed to use, which is the I feel, yeah. which is, you know, another technique of don't blame, blame, blame. But, you know, instead of you did this, you did this. Mm-hmm. But, well, I feel frustrated because. Are we including this as hours for you? No, no I mean, we're not. We could get into it. No, we're not. I'll tell we're you not. everything that's wrong with me. Stephen can wear earmuffs. We can just get that. <laughs> Um, Why are you going to make him wear earmuffs if this thing's going? That's a, uh, it's all about how I feel. Okay. 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 I still have to edit this. Yeah, it'd be fun. Or to watch it, at least. I have deep, dark feelings about Steven that I just really need to unearth. Well, maybe you, we should do couples both. counseling. <laughs> I do couples counseling all the time. Some of the hardest, actually. You made, a, the couples you made a comment to me, I guess it was like a year ago, about couples. Or maybe it was Kayla. Uh, it was one of y'all said the issue with couples counseling is that they come in, I call it redlining. Like they come in when it's like, if we don't figure this out by next week, we're getting a divorce. And you're like, if you would have come in three years ago, it would be a whole different story. Was that you that said that? I've said that before. I don't know if I've said that to you. I know she's probably, I've maybe said that to you that she's told me. Probably. But, you know, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of, yeah. yeah. So that's the big lesson from this podcast that if get to it early. Yes. Get to it early. Now, Kayla, Kayla is, she's fully licensed. She's fully licensed. Yeah. Yep. And she's been doing it for a while. Like for yep. me, every, if you are a, a female and you come to me talking about counseling, I'm going to say, go see Kayla. We appreciate that. And now, yeah, you know, I'm trying to put money in your, yeah, in your account, it. but really it's been helpful because obviously doing students, we've had girls that everything from like moderate to severe mm-hmm. to like, Hey, I just. I don't have anyone to talk to all of those. I've said, look, here's some different options. I would recommend Kayla because Kayla's just been fantastic at it. And she's kind of built up her whole, I would say a lot of her counseling is, is kind of focused on girls and women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's developed that. She's, I think she's great. I think so too. (laughs) 
Just for the record. I feel like I, the yeah. way that I feel that she's great and the way that you feel that she's great a little different. are a little different. Well, we're talking about counseling, so it's okay. That's true. In it's, that way, it's yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, we brought Kayla in for a D now to talk, which, was, right. <laughs> which was crazy. Me and her, we were hanging out, uh, what was that, a week ago? Yes. And I was talking to her because she was giving me feedback, which is so Kayla, to give me feedback on how it went. And I was like, look, we threw you to the wolves. Because what we did is we had, in our great insight, we said, look, we don't want to throw 700 students at D-Now at Kayla, so we'll split it up. Yeah. And so we'll do 350 high schoolers and then 350 middle schoolers in a room with Kayla. Like, that'll be better. Was That's she, still a lot. Was she the sanctuary? Was yes. That, oh, I, I, I watched that happen. That she handled it great. You noticed that she waited nine months, though, to tell you, as I was saying, hey, write the dude an email right now. Like, pretty, you know, the, like sure. Sunday night after D now. I'm you know, pretty so. sure she told me immediately, but it was in like the, oh, yeah, it was great, but, you know, it could have been yeah. a little better. And I'm like, it was, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. She handled it great. With the high school, which is, this is the most Kayla thing ever. She had all these girls that wanted to like be counseled immediately. And yeah. She was like, I can't do it immediately. Yeah. And I was like, we should have come up with some kind of pipeline to get them into, into conversation later, which we didn't. But then the worst of the worst was we had, we gave her 300 middle schoolers in a sanctuary who have not done anything all day, but sit in a chair. Yep. And we said, Hey, do something fruitful with this. Yep. And it was crazy. Did you know that I lost kids that do you know? Yes. Yeah. Because I was, uh, um, the first time I saw you was at Dodgeball, and you walked in, and I was pumped to see you. But then I was like, "You're not supposed to be here." And nope. you said, "I don't know where any of my kids are." So that's where I recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were in the booth I next was, to him. I yeah. Was, so we were. I was. I was driving. You were a host home for for Broadmoor. No, we weren't a host home. We was just dri- We were just driving for oh, one I of the host homes. Host no, we were just driving, and because we've got the van, it's like we can serve in this way. And so I come back, I pick them up, and I take them here. It's like I'll be here after the service. And so I come back, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I realize they're not coming back. And I've never seen any of these kids except for just once, because we don't typically serve in that ministry. And so I don't know if they've walked out. I don't know. Well, so I'm all over Ridgecrest looking for these kids. I'm talking to, you know, like Richard and uh, all those guys who are kind of over Broadmoor Ministries. And, he only knows um, Richard's name. That's really embarrassing. What? You just said Richard and all Yeah, those Richard. Guys. Richard, yeah. He's kind of, he's bald. Richard, shout out. Nice beard. Really nice beard. Um, anyway. Anyways. So I'm like, dude, can't find the kids. And he can't get a hold of the leaders. And so it turns out they had taken the <laughs> the seven middle school boys that I had in my van and had shoved them into like like a Ford Focus and then a Ford truck. And those be those vehicles were already somewhat full. And they just went back to the host home. Stacked. In slightly, those vehicles. Slightly illegally. And yeah. when he found that out, I was standing there and he just got off the phone and turned to whoever and just sighed and said, I got to go have a conversation <laughs> or something along those lines yes. of you can't do this. Yeah. Hey, college so, leader. Yeah. Maybe was, don't do this. When you've got a minivan, you have a Honda Odyssey waiting on you. Yeah. Ready to go. Just, and yeah. Locked and loaded. I also hit a deer. 
I on the way yes. to pick them up too. I remember. I still haven't fixed the car from that. Yeah. Of course, why would you do that? I stopped and looked for the deer though. I couldn't find it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know it was sad. You, let's just say you probably bodied it, and so the meat was probably terrible. Oh, I, I bodied it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not the biggest deer, and it flew. That's awesome. Yeah, that Odyssey doesn't play. No, that's a lot of mass <laughs> just coming is, at you. Yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't do nothing. My son was with me too. He was. Did like, he freak out? Ah, yeah, he kind of realized what had happened. So. Cash would have freaked out. Yeah. Cash would have been like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He, Kayla ran over a squirrel the other day in, in her parents' neighborhood, and Grayson made her turn back around and like to see if it was okay, I think. And, and he, was, okay. he was very upset. The he thing about upset. hitting squirrels is that you hear the pop. Like when you run over it, you hear the crunch. You the know pop. when it's yes. gone to the big acorn tree in the sky. Well, they don't go there because they don't have souls, but that's fine. We can talk about that on another podcast. I do have, I have had multiple fun conversations about dogs and where they go. It's student ministry. You got to. Yeah. There's a movie about that. And I reference that movie. (laughs) But kids nowadays don't know that. It's pretty blunt. The name of the movie, you know. All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's Oh, we're going there. Okay. All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 is a much better film than the first one, in my is it? opinion. I've never watched either one of it's them. I'd better. stay away from those teachings. The first one's old. Teachings. The first I, one's old. I have not seen those movies in probably two decades. All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 is much better, in my opinion. Um, but they don't. If you want that out in your podcast, that's fine. I'm not saying it. I mean, I already said it. That's fine. Um... <laughs> I think now, unless there's anything else you want to say about counseling, um, do it. I think now we're going to move yeah. to ad read. Steven, you excited? You ready? Yeah. Can't wait. This week we have our GPT chat GPT powered ad, which is about our women's ministry. Hold, go did ahead and applaud. Did you share this to me? Uh, it's on the Evernote, which should be shared to you. Okay. I love Evernote. Y'all had a conversation about this the other day, I but I, I used you. to use it all the time. It doesn't work the way he's trying to make it. So work. when we were in preaching class, Dr. David Eldridge was like, I use Evernote for everything and I love it. And I think that's probably when I started using it and you too as well, no, maybe. I was using it beforehand. Oh, so you. I was an early adopter. You were before him. Well, he, I hope he listens to this. He said that he loved it. At that moment, but he'd been using it for years. I mean, yeah. I can probably look on here and tell you, it'll probably tell me how long I've been here. How long I've been a, a person in, involved with Evernote. Member since February 22nd, 2013. I got receipts. Yeah, because we took that class in 16, so that was way before me. Yeah. Um, I just turned on Spotify like an idiot. All right, here we go. Do you have it? What do you think? <laughs> I'm trying. There's. So if you're unaware, the way that we do this is we have ChatGPT come up with an ad. I'm saying it for them, not for you. I'm just looking at you. We have ChatGPT come up with an ad. We read it. It's about our ministries of our church. This week is about our women's ministry. Steven, I went ahead and took out the uplifting music portion, but you can still add it if you would like to. Um, We'll see how this goes. Do you I, think, think, I think I nailed it this week. I thought it was fantastic. Thank I listened you. to it. I thought Appreciate it was great. Um, so once again, if we try anything, if there's anything that's said in the ad that upsets you as a woman or a man, and you feel like it doesn't uh, adequately uh, construe our women's ministry, well, one, I'm so sorry, and two, ChatGPT came up with it. 
So, Steven, I think the only thing that you're going to do... It says hear from women whose lives have been transformed, but there's only one, like, blurb. Okay. So you're going to be the woman hear who's from, Hear from woman. Hear from woman. But I'll say women because okay. it flows better. I'm not going to do a woman's voice. That's fine. That'll be funnier. Okay. I mean, unless you have a really bad women's I'm sure I voice. do, but, again, I, I, I'm not here to, to put myself on blast, you know? Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. All right, so if we're going to do, are you still pulling it up? I mean, we're going to be here all day. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so here we go. Chris, I have nothing for you mm -hmm. to read. That's so fine. you just get to embrace your inner woman in this ministry context. Okay. I will listen. All right, and cue music. If there is music. If there's music. If there's music. Introducing Ridgecrest Women's Ministry, a sanctuary of strength, faith, and community for women of all walks of life. Are you seeking a place to connect with like-hearted women, to grow spiritually, and to find support on your journey? Look no further. At Ridgecrest Women's Ministry, we believe that every woman is a unique and valued creation. Join us for empowering events, soul-nourishing workshops. That does sound like a women's ministry thing. Heartwarming fellowship. It's an uplifting experience that's sure to bring a smile to your face. Hear from women whose lives have been transformed by this incredible community. The Ridgecrest Women's Ministry gave me the courage to step into purpose and em into my purpose and embrace my true self. The support and love here are like no other. <sighs> Whether you're a mother, a career woman, a student, or a retiree, there's a place for you here. Discover your potential, find your voice, and forge lifelong friendships. It's time to add a touch of positivity to your life. That was nice. That felt good. Join us at Ridgecrest Women's Ministry, where faith becomes action and where together we rise. Visit that our sounds website. like a threat. <laughs> we rise? To, like, like, like it just, it, it, the energy changed in that ad read from just like, Oh yeah, come come be a part of this. To together we rise. Like faith becomes action. And yeah, together. It just it just sounded like it suddenly I, shifted into yeah, the, something else. The, the, the picture like that pops up is from, you know, the the Mockingjay. Yes, from yeah, yeah. Hunger Games. Yeah, the, I I agree with you. Or Stephen. like the we ride at dawn, like kind of. I agree with you. Oh, yeah, both and yeah, women women's ministry. Visit our website at richcrest.net to learn more and to be a part of this extraordinary sisterhood. I love that. Ridgecrest Women's Ministry. Here, here's a tag. They always give a tagline for each ministry, and I'm, I'm all here for it. Ridgecrest Women's Ministry, where women thrive. Come for the camaraderie, stay for the inspiration. I feel like that one had like three canned slogans. It had a lot in there. Yeah. I think ChatGPT did not know what to do with women's ministry. It, it didn't. It knew what to do with students and seniors. I, I think now that we know that Chat GT, GPT, GPT, yes, I, I can never get it right. Chat GPT, Chat KFC, Chat KFC. Now that we know that it has things that it is not doesn't think it's supposed to write about, mm. I think if you give it that classification and it's like it's like what do I do with this? Yes, mm. it has to be very neutral. And I will say, I did try to say 
I tried to put jokes in there about women, yeah. knowing full well that I was going to have to filter out the like inappropriate or not good. I was hoping for like a, just a nice, funny women's joke, and it wouldn't do it. It yeah. said, we do not make jokes about specific groups, including women. It did nail down those keywords, though. I mean, empowering, oh, yeah. soul, nourishing, yes. heartwarming. Like, those are things that you just you got to come. Yeah. Got to be a part of it. Got to attend. Yeah. So come be a part of women's ministry. We won't be there, but you should. And we actually do have a women's ministry, which is helpful. That was smooth. What? Just that little oh, yeah. pitch. I do this professionally. I mean... This is what I do. <laughs> why are you laughing at me? It's just, I'm just here for the podcast. That, that's exactly that's why great. you're here. Yeah. Um, let's see. Are you ready to move into the bag? Sure. Whenever you are, boss. Tell me what you did last weekend. So last what, weekend. I didn't get to finish what I was saying. Oh, my gosh. Tell me what you did last weekend, and then tell them why you're here. I didn't know you were going to say, tell them why you're here. I, did, I um, really didn't know what I was going to say next. I'm here. You cut me off. I'm, I was going to say that I'm here because you invited me, but really it was to meet Steven. So um, that's been accomplished. Um, and I'm it's thankful nice to have for a that. fan. I've never had a fan before. Yeah. He, yeah, is, I'm a fan. Like, he is a fan of the podcast. We have, I mean, we probably have three to four to five, like every week are listening fans that like text me and talk about the podcast. Yeah, I listen to it when I drive. Ford Rigney's not one of them. Although I did forget that I had it on a speed and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, why is Steven talking? Like, why does he talk so fast? This is annoying. And then I realized that you're not just a fast, you kind of are already a little bit of a fast talker, yeah. but then it was like really fast. And yeah. I realized it was a set. It was, it was, it was, it was me. Yeah. I can have my bursts of quick talking. It was all me too. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, he's talking fast. He needs to slow it down. And then I realized I just needed to slow down my app anyways. So, Last weekend, um, we go to Broadmoor. We're members of Broadmoor, and our some guys in our life group. We were Neighbor like, church. "Hey, let's just um, let's do a mission trip on the Appalachian Trail." Appalachian Trail runs from Georgia to Maine, uh, like twenty two hundred miles, something like that, and probably one of the more popular hiking trails that mm. people um, are going to go hike. One, because it's it's re relatively accessible, and um, there's... You can just do different sections along the 22 A lot of section hikers. Yeah. yeah, we would be considered section hikers because of how we did it. But then there's a lot of through hikers that either they're called Nobos or Sobos. And so the Sobos are southbound, and the Nobos are northbound. And so a lot of people go to the trail because um, they're running from something or they're searching for something. And um, whether that's coming out of a tragedy, whether that's, you know, whatever, um, people are searching. And people are searching everywhere. But it's kind of like you can, you know people are going to follow. You don't get off the trail. Uh, if you get off the trail, you get in trouble. And so... Um, do you feel like there's a higher concentration in this specific place? Yes, in Georgia, because of the time of the year. Um, because of the time of the year. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... We just wanted to go and see what we can do to basically explore this opportunity and to serve people. And so there were two of us um, that were on the hike crew. That was me and Adam Welch. Shout out to Adam. And, um, and then the feed crew was uh, Chase Booth, um, Alan McGeehy, and then a friend named Grayson who we picked up in Atlanta. Um, who has brought more connections. Shout out to all you fine folks. And so we went, they fed, we hiked, and um, talked to people about Jesus. And so they were able to reach um, 
35 to 45 people um, feeding them. You just serve whatever you want to, but people are really thankful. Mm. Um, so we had brownies, water. Water is big because the trails are really dry right now because they have the same drought that we do. Yeah. Um, most people drink off the trail, filter your water. Um, so water was a big one. Um, hamburgers, uh, flapjacks, as one gentleman uh, told us about, hey, there's a group cooking flapjacks down if y'all keep walking. And so pancakes. What do they say in Texas? Like Texas. We called them pancakes Gosh, growing up. I bet up. you in West Texas they don't. Well, you know what? I, I'll just keep talking about the trail. <laughs> um, so just serve, just serving people. And then Adam and I on the hike, uh, our goal was to stop at the shelters. So every, I don't know, it's not set, but every uh, 10, 15 miles, there's an actual shelter where it's basically a three-walled lean-to. And so um, people use those for sleeping, and some people use them for hanging out. We didn't sleep in them. We hung out and, and slept in our— some for murdering people. Well, we'll get to that story. Um, we'll get to that story in a second, <laughs> old, old Herman. And so, um, yeah, so that's what we did the first night. So Friday, we got out of the car, and we took off and hiked and um, stayed at a shelter, Trey Mountain Shelter. And um, first hike almost killed us because it was like you get out of the car and you're straight up. Because usually you put in at a gap, and you hike to the vistas, and yep. it's just a lot of this. And so— um, and yours was just a lot of this. If you look at a slope rating on a map, it's a lot of red, yep. and red means dead. And so green is go. And so there was a lot of red that first day. And um, we got there, got to talk to some guys were open and willing to hang out by the campfire and talk about Jesus and just some stuff going in the, on in their life. And so we were able to do that. The second day, we hiked to a different shelter and... Um, when we showed up, there was a gentleman um, wearing, had his hoodie on, um, had his gaiter on, so completely masked up, and standing like like this in the corner of the shelter. And we didn't see him at first, and then we get up and we're like, oh, oh, hey, what's your name? Sounds and, like half our middle school boys, to be honest. And yeah, <laughs> just kind of lurking. And so um, middle school boys do lurk sometimes, they, don't they? Big lurkers. Um and so we kind of asked him, hey, what you doing? He didn't say anything, just kind of lurked and stared at us. And finally we got out of him that his name was Herman. And we decided to let Herman have the shelter and go camp by. Somewhere else. Go camp by the water. And um, I was looking for a spot to put my tent. Adam had his spot. And he was like, hey, can you put your tent like right next to mine? Like I feel better us not being, because it was, it, was, it was a red flag. Like our both of our radars just um just kind of went on full alert yes. and then some other guys showed up and were like hey herman can we sleep next to you and like shared the shelter with him and yeah. so we were thankful knowing that it wouldn't be us first some people's radars just don't work they i think just... you get used to the trail and the people that you meet on the trail and um herman was not open to talking we did i gave him my socks um adam gave him some extra socks too not off your feet though uh, I, my nighttime socks. Yeah. So it, yeah, kind of, I was going to wear them at night, but they weren't currently on your feet. No, they were not That's currently off, on my feet. They were going to be on my feet, but they weren't used socks. Oh, I'd worn them the night before. Nice. So they were used socks. And so stretched out a little we, bit. yeah, yeah. And so we gave him some socks and helped in the ways that he was willing for us to help. But, um, it was good. Yeah, it was. And then we hiked back and they picked us up Sunday and we came back. It was really great. I mean, it sounds like it was a great trip. 
it was a success. We would we would have called it a success just because of the amount of people we were able to talk to. So is the plan is the plan to like do that yearly? Would it be to do it just kind of as you see fit? I think the plan is yearly. We actually Adam and I at the first shelter ran into some guys who do have a ministry called um, Benchmark. I think it's Benchmark Ministries out of Atlanta, and they do feeds every year. And so every year around March. April, mostly March, there's a big push of Nobos, people going northbound. And um, they you start at Springer Mountain in Georgia. And the gap that we put in at Unicoi Gap is where a lot of people begin to drop out. And so, and it's a huge, it's like hundreds of people. And so these guys stop at Unicoi Gap and they feed people and they offer shakedowns. And what a shakedown is, is you take this bag if you're doing a northbound, most people have, this is a 65 liter. Most people have 65 to 75, 85 liters or whatever, but dudes will pack this out to 60 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so what the shakedown does is, hey, buddy, you may not need this full cooking set that's weighing you down. Right. You may not need this. And Someone's so it's bringing the whole Coleman two burner. With exactly. And so the shakedown is supposed to just help people lighten their load. And then we also, the goal is to help, Hey, ha, you know, let's talk about other burdens that you may be carrying. I know somebody who can take that. And, um, the Lord. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the plan. So, Hey, you know, um, Jesus, not, I mean, Jesus we're says talking about bridging gaps. Here. Yeah. And that's what we're Easy doing. Peasy. And so we made that connection. We will probably go in March and serve with them. I won't go in March. Uh, my spring's already pretty booked. But um, tell them what you do. Oh yeah. So tell we're going. On, we're do. going on a Disney cruise, and that's going to be a lot of fun. That's not what I care about. But I did win a Masters lottery, so I'm going. Kayla and I are going to a Friday round, and it's going to be wonderful. Stephen could talk to you more about Disney cruises. I think Disney is. Oh, is the awful. cruises are amazing. I've never been on one, but we want to. Got to do the one. cruise. The shows at night, caliber, just Broadway caliber, the food. I'm excited about the food. I'm telling you. I hear it's really good for kids, too. Like they, It's great they, for they, kids. They got a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of good stuff for kids. A um, lot of good options. Um, the best crab legs I've ever had in my life was on that Disney cruise. You take, you go to Red Lobster around here, you're not going to get a crab leg that is as big around as this trophy. But on that Disney cruise, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I still dream dreams about it. And it's probably made in a lab somewhere that Disney made. Like well, let me tell crabs, you. Genetically modified. That mouse knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> that mouse sure can cook some crab. That mouse can cook. <laughs> back to the trail. Any questions? No, we're back so to, we have, I want to talk about Augusta. Oh yeah, Augusta. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to, Yeah. Has, Steven has no clue what that means. Nope. And by Steven, I mean 90% of the people listening to this don't know the lottery system. They don't know what happens in Augusta. Maybe they do know what happens in Augusta. So what, what happened? So for peasants like us, yes. in order to go to the Masters, you either have to have an invitation or um, you have to get lucky and get drawn for the ticket. And so there's a lottery ticket, lottery draw once a year. You can win practice round tickets and you get four tickets if you do practice rounds or you can win a round round ticket and those are you round get rounds. you get two and so um uh, we won Friday. I got Friday. So you get two. You get one draw lottery per household. If they find out that you did two people delivering two per household, they'll ban you for life. If they find out you try to sell your tickets for a profit, they'll ban you for life. And um, they're very serious about it. And a lot of people put in and never yeah. win the draw. So the fact that 
this may be the last time I ever go. It's crazy to think about. And I feel like a Friday round, that's a great time. It's a good round. It's a good round. I mean, obviously, last round championship, that's great. But like, if you're not going to do the Sunday round, Friday, when they're all starting, it's fresh. You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody's gotten cut, so you can see everybody. Yeah. Which will be good. So you'll be there before Jordan Spieth gets cut. <laughs> keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, tell me. Are you? Is that? Is I'm that, a Jordan fan. That's my guy. That's is that who I follow. You're going to watch. Heavens, yes. What? That's who uh, we will not follow him the whole time, but we will. We yeah. still have a few months. We may have you on again before March, but just it being October 26th. I wasn't looking at this to say like you should go. See what I'm saying? I was looking. I for felt date. that though because you did this not. I've already looked at my um, watch three times today during the session. Um, six months out, five months out, if you had to put a place where Jordan Spieth's going to win or where he's going to place in, in the Masters, where would you say? So Jordan has historically played Augusta extremely, extremely well every year that he's played it. Um, I think it's crazy not to, even if he didn't do it this last year, um, I can't remember what he placed this last year, but um, I mean, it's crazy not to bet him for the top 10 uh, just because he, I mean, he just plays it really well. And so like Jordan missing a cut at the Masters would be uh, just, just shocking, ridiculous. You know, it does happen. It does happen. Guys miss cuts all the time. It's a ridiculously hard sport, but um I mean, I would consistently bet him for the top 10 every year. I would. And I feel like that's a safe a safe bet. Yeah. Who – is there someone who's super hot this season so far? Like someone who's just really doing well consistently? Oh, gosh. Let me think. Because it's, it's all over I now. I put you on the spot. Yeah, it's all over now. Um, it's been fun watching some of – I say fun, but watching some of the live guys still play really well and win majors. Like I think two of the four majors went to guys who – broke off and went to the live um, really? the, the, so the other golf league. Yeah. Um, and I mean, no, I don't know who's hot right now cause they're not playing. Yeah, I haven't been watching. I haven't been watching. Makes sense. All right. Um, so what I thought we'd do, Steven, let you know is that Chris could kind of go through his pack and say what he brought and then maybe do like a, if you don't know what it is, explain what it is. And then if there's anything that you're like, I should not have brought this, mm-hmm. I'm never taking it with me again. Or if there's something that you were like, I sorely needed this and I didn't bring it, yeah. you could throw that into. Yeah, that sounds good. And all this, throw, to throw out the disclaimer, I am not a, tra- a trail master. Like yes. I've, I've done this several times, um, but the experience does help a little bit. And there's, I think most experience, like I think Tommy Lister would probably yeah i think he would i think he would be proud of my pack oh good i think he would be proud of my pack and so tommy if you listen um because tommy has hiked the whole thing yes and so tommy if you listen and you disagree just catch me outside of broadmoor we'll talk well, about and it. for the sake of tommy and other people there are things on this setup that you were very open and saying like well you'll get into this part but like yeah. there are things that you borrowed things that you you if you were doing it again and you were a hundred percent in <laughs> You would do some things differently. Because we only did 5.7 Friday, 
Saturday we did 5.7 back and then another 4.5 there. Because we really weren't hiking terribly too much, there were right. stuff, things that I added that weren't necessary, necessary, and we'll talk about that. So we'll start here on the outside. This is my water bottle. I have two. Most people use smart water bottles. They're better than the Nalgene because the Nalgene bottles really don't keep it any colder. And a lot of these are compatible with water systems, and so you can screw it in. A lot of people use a squeeze filter. A lot of people use a gravity filter, which is what I have. Um, and they're super light. Yeah. And so um, this little bit in here is from the mountains of Georgia from a stream you if you want to sip. I don't. Cause, okay. Because it's a little cloudy. It does It does smell like Mio. Mio is a big thing just because you give yourself something different but, yes. all, different. but I almost did get thought I was going to get eaten by a bear the last night because... What it's like a strawberry away. flavored Mio oh, yeah. and I threw it in my tent and then I jumped in my tent and my knee hit it and it went everywhere. And I smelled like, I smelled like a big strawberry. <laughs> and so I said, Adam, this is the night. If you hear a bear, it's coming for me because a, a thing there is like hanging your food. Like you don't sleep with your food, anything because right. the bears, you know, they'll, they'll get you. And so we'll start here. This is my water. I won't get it out. But basically, um, it's, a, it's a gravity water system. I think I've got the other pieces in here. But it's a gravity, and you just hang it, and then it has a tube and a filter, and it just filters the water right out, and it's really fast. Um, if it's full, you can fill this one-liter bottle up um, in just a minute. So it's really fast. It's also helpful having this because, like, our first water source was a drip. Like, it took 45 minutes to fill this thing up. Mm -hmm. And so when you have this, you can crush it down and dig a hole and put it in the mud and leave this up high and just let it drip and go back to camp and hang out. And that's what I did. And what a lot of people will do will if you're out. not doing that is, a, is like you said, the squeeze system. A lot of people use where squeeze you have like a liter size bag. Like that's a gallon bag. Yep. Hold it a little bit to the left. Put it to the left. Yeah. There so this go. is it. You just hang it and then you screw that in. I've yeah. got to clean it. Um, but then you do that. And this is a popular system. Yeah. I like it. Here's my Mio that almost got me eaten. It was almost the death also, of Also, too, I had to get like, I had to, I carried some wipes. I had to get like a wipes and like take a wipe bath with my legs because they were sticky. Mio'd. Yeah. Um, this is just simple. Everything goes, it's best to have everything in Ziplocs too, just because one waterproof, two, just compartmentalization, yeah. just separating it. Because if um, you have a 65-liter pack that's a just a yeah. dump ground, yeah. you're never going to find anything. Fire plugs, those are helpful. Um, lighters, helpful. This is a thing that a lot of people do is they'll just take, you don't want to take a whole roll of duct tape that's ridiculous weight to carry. Mm -hmm. um, you really don't need much. Um, people use these for anything. So you'll take a lighter, wrap it in duct tape, and you've got fire and um, stereo strips if you need to close up a cut. Um, tent repair if you need that and i'm going to donate this to the lost and found oh look that's something that was going to just grow in my finally lost... someone that was something gets it. i watched the podcast yeah and so well, i know that there we go there, and there it is. um toothbrush toiletries um hot hands because if it gets cold enough i didn't need them floss um wipes some people get so um dedicated to dropping weight that they'll take their toothbrushes and they will drill holes to reduce like the shaving the grounds uh, that you lose yeah. there and so um 
the ultralights are big on that. This is the rest of the stuff from the water. Um, I did carry um, purification tablets just in case. Um, these you really don't taste it, especially if you put if you put mio in there. Um, the tablets are fine. Rope. Have you never know when you need a good 75 feet of paracord, especially some of the shelters, most of the shelters have cables already for your food bags mm -hmm. to hang up. And if it didn't, though, like a lot of the campsites don't. So there's shelters and campsites. And if you decide to stop at a campsite, you need something to hang yeah. your bear bag with. Before we get further, anything yeah. specific about the actual pack? Um, we didn't need a pack this big. This is a 65 liter. Um, if we do this a lot, I will eventually, this is Alan Mumbauer's shout out to Alan. Thanks for letting me use your bag. Um, I probably will buy my own, um, cause I like gear. Most, I think most guys do, but we are um, a couple of gear this is a Kelty. This is a 65 liter. It's just a good bag. It's just, it's probably maybe a little bit heavier. Um, I haven't actually weighed the bag. Um, but it's a good bag. It's a strong bag. And um, my favorite part about this one has been so many different buckles and straps. Yeah. The straps are great. I think the reason that you and me got into duck hunting was just so that we could buy a, a ton of junk and use it. Yeah, it definitely wasn't to shoot ducks, was no. it? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was secondary. Stephen, we have been very unsuccessful hunters in That's the different... That's not true. That's not true. We've killed a couple of ducks, but tell, we, have you told him about our squirrel hunts? We've limited out on ducks what about multiple the, times. What about the squirrels? We have never even seen a squirrel when we've gone squirrel <laughs> We hunting. haven't even seen one. That's because you Not don't shut up. The when first you're always squirrel. just chatting, telling me about like all that burden you're carrying is like Jesus. and <laughs> I'm like, there's squirrels we're trying to get here. The last place that we went hunting, we went five minutes. The mosquitoes were so bad, we turned around and went home. <laughs> we sure did. They were about to fly away with us. This is a fire maple. Um... Oh, I can't. I can't remember. Solo stove, maybe. There's other brands. Jet Boil like is a, a big boil. brand. Yeah. You screw this in, put that on top, and it's good for boiling water. It's a water. That's um, that's usually how most people do their food. A lot of people do cold foods. Um, the mountain houses and the I did peak to fuel, peak refuel, something like that. A little bit more expensive. So good, so good. Like I the, found out that there was a rabbit. You know. Steven's well aware. I will go down rabbit holes. This is one rabbit hole I did not go down. I saw the hole but didn't pursue. Mm. There are like so many brands of dehydrated. Yeah, meals, there are. And some of them are crazy gourmet and crazy expensive. Mm -hmm. So my meal Friday night, actually both nights were super good. The first night was an Alfredo chicken and it says put in. Chicken Alfredo. It says. Why would you say Alfredo I don't know why I did. I just did. It's, <laughs> it's still in here. Um, the trash from it. Um, it said put in eight ounces of water, you put in 16, eat the food, then you have a nice little broth, and it's glorious, yeah. glorious, after hiking six miles. I just miles. don't know if I want an Alfredo broth. And it was wonderful. And then the second night was a bison bowl, which was basically chili, bison chili, but then they put two buttermilk biscuits in there. Oh, and it was so good. Oh, dear. Uh, I was about to cut the bag open and like just really go to town on it. It was that good. Um, and Adam liked the ones that he had too. So that's the first compartment where all the easy access stuff goes. Yep. Um, let's get into this real quick. Buckles. All the buckles. And it's even got little webbing. So you can yeah. hang stuff. Um, this is my Camp Cup. I like these because these are light, easy. I like tea at night. 
normally I don't, but on the trail, there's nothing like just a campfire and a hot cup of tea when you're cold and mm-hmm. just it's something to drink and so coffee in the morning too. Do you drink coffee like in the evening slash night? Does it does it mess with you? I've I've had to slow down because it started impacting my sleep. So I'll do um I don't do it for myself, but like if I'm counseling, they've got a Keurig up there and I'll do like a decaf or a half yeah. calf is what I do. Camp cup, um a lot of people have these. A lot of people use them. Um in here is rain. I'm not going to get it out. It did not rain, but you don't want to get mm. terribly too rained on. This is a camp chair. This is one of the things I would you could do without. You don't need a camp chair. It is a luxury, luxury. and it adds yeah. about a pound and a half to your pack, which is a lot. Um, you could do without this, but um, one of the guys we were telling about Jesus at night, uh, he borrowed this. Like, can I try that? I borrowed it, and I don't think I got it back. So he um, he just. You can get it back that night. Yeah, he yeah. enjoys it. It's obviously in your hand. Right it's now. a luxury. Okay, well, let's let's not act like that on the podcast, Logan. It's very ugly of you to I would I I love you and appreciate you. I'm glad that you're here. Okay. And I, I'm not gonna get sorry. Can't I think a camp chair is like you said, it's definitely a luxury, but I would enjoy having somewhere to sit that's not the ground or it's like very nice. a stump. It's very nice. Yeah, because I sat down on a log after he was borrowing this, and I caught a cramp. This started in my right calf, and then it moved up to my right hamstring, and then it switched sides and jumped to my quad, and I just stood. Yeah, you're like, it's fine. I don't need to sit ever again. Um, not everybody do this, but it does this, but it's recommended, if y'all can see, to do like a, a trash can liner on the inside just to keep stuff dry. And it just it adds not that much weight. It's worth it. It'd be soaking wet. Just and never able to get dry is the worst. You can be wet. You don't want your extra clothes to get wet. Yeah, and other stuff. Um, extra underwear, and I did have a and long johns and um, to sleep in, and I did have an extra pair of socks in here, but now they're on Herman's feet. <laughs> Herman, somewhere murdering somebody wearing your socks. This was extra. I didn't need these. These are just sweatpants, but um, I didn't want to sleep in my. Hiking pants, you can sleep in the hiking pants. This yeah. was definitely something. And gloves. I do think, I do feel like the gloves were necessary though, because um, my hands got cold, mm. obviously. Uh, but the pants, I would probably do without them. And the rest of this is just food. And that's um, all in a dry bag. Which and in a dry bag, out, which is what you hang. Which is yeah. inside of the garbage bag. Yeah, that's right. So it's double. Um, pack everything out. Big on the trail. You find a lot of trash on the trail, but if you bring it in, you take it out. Um, leave no trace behind. And so usually one of the Ziplocs can turn into a little garbage bag that goes with you until you can dump it. I separate my food and snacks by day is how I try to ration it out. And my beef sticks, have. you can have some. I think they're still good. I'm okay. You want one? Okay. You want one? I got almonds. Um, I'm not a big beef jerky guy. This is just um, like the Justin hazelnut and almond butter like these are great um just anything that's high calorie dense almonds um anything like that is good to take for snacks and then the dinners were the mountain houses which is chicken you're right chicken alfredo pasta nobody says alfredo you're right nobody does i just misspoke that's i will admit that i will admit that i misspoke I'm not getting everything else out because the only thing that's left in here is my pad, my sleeping pad, which, and then my, my sleeping bag. Um, and then my tent, which is on the bottom. Um, the two areas that I could have lost the most weight was getting an ultralight tent 
and a um, a lighter sleeping pad. But I used the pad because it was free. And um, free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. Shout out to Jared Cummins. But the one thing that I did not have that I would tell everybody to get is walking sticks. You trekking have poles. trekking poles. You've it just it's. It doesn't add weight to your pack, and it is such an assistance. And so Adam had a trekking pole. I did have a trekking pole. I found a stick, and um, we we went through a lot together. It was perfect, the perfect height, had a little knuckle. I was able to whittle it down that first night and just kind of make it mine, do some finger grooves. And the second night, while trying to take a selfie of myself and him, Adam stepped on it. And shattered it into three pieces. And with that stick, my walking stick shattering into three pieces, my heart shattered into even more. Yes. And because I was going to bring it home to my kids. And this is and, also a real life example of how you are an old man because you sat at a fire at night whittling. <laughs> I did. I did. I really did with, with uh, this pocket knife right here. And I did. I took two knives. Um, I just. I feel like it's helpful to have two knives. So I had this, and then I had one that just kind of hung on my hip. Um, that kept Herman away. <laughs> <laughs> he saw it. <laughs> but, he was aware. You know, I hear stories of, like, the guy that was rock climbing and he got trapped. Like, what if that happened? What if I got my right arm trapped and I need, like, two knives, you know, to whatever, you know. Well, not Imagine whatever. Imagine if but. you had to cut your arm off with that little one-inch blade. Exactly. So that's why the other blade was helpful. It was more sharp. And then the last thing is a little multi-tool of a compass, a whistle, a thermometer, and um, a magnifying glass. Mostly the whistle. We didn't carry bear spray, um, but I felt like an, an effective alternative could have been maybe a whistle. Um, I've never tried it on a bear. There's stuff. But, I, we don't have to deal with a lot of bears where we live locally, but... I have read things lately that people are starting to question the uh, how well bear spray, bear spray works. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're saying like it doesn't really stop them. I've never had to use it. Me neither. The good thing with the packs is if you are attacked by a bear, one, black bears are going to leave you alone. Black, black bears right. don't mess with you. Which is why here um, it's not. The grizzly bears, not so much. Um, I feel like you could, if you could lay down and play, play dead, um, the pack especially if it's a big one that comes way up here, yeah. the pack could protect you big time. Yeah. So the, the, the adage I've heard is uh, if it's brown, lie down. If it's black, fight back. If yeah. it's white, good night. Is that yeah. correct? That's it. Yeah. Okay. The polar bears are the worst. Yeah. You're dead. They're the cutest though. It's in a Coke personal. commercial. Maybe well, they, they, in they, real life. They're yeah. savage. Look, they're savages. Yeah. They can look cute. There's a story that I heard on a podcast of a polar bear that like just, hunted these guys down that yeah. were stuck and they could do nothing about it just watch their friend get like dragged out of the boat and yeah. like brutal yeah. brutal so yeah if it's if it's white just yeah. good night yeah. so i will just never go to the arctic circle and we'll be fine that'll do it that'll do pig that'll do um talk to me about the ultralight tent that was an interesting thing because there's the, the part mm -hmm. about ultralight for the most part versus a conventional backpacking tent is tent poles. Yeah. Plus material, but yeah. Typically the ultralight stuff is more expensive. Um just cuz more durable materials, less of the material. This tent weighs about 5 5 and a half pounds, way too much. Like if I'm going to do a big section, I'm not bringing this. And that's where a lot of people cut weight is just no tents staying in the shelter. 
a pad and staying in the shelter. Mm-hmm. But the a lot of the ultralight tents, what I will probably go with when I do it, is um, you can get an ultralight tent that weighs about two pounds. But the trekking poles are the is the frame. It's trekking poles and paracord. Mm-hmm. And so you'll put one at the front, one at the back. You'll use that reverse tension to hold those up, and then you'll stake tension down in front and then to the sides. And all of that tension just holds those two poles up. And that way you have poles that don't add weight to your pack and you um, have a lighter tent. Um, My base weight here without food or water was probably 20. mm, Once I put the clothes in, it was probably 25. That's a, that's a decent base weight. You can live with that. You can live with a 25 pound base weight because the rule is no more than one third of your body weight. That means I can pack all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you I could mean, do. Yeah, I could have a little trailer dragon behind me if you wanted to. Wouldn't, wouldn't rec- Wouldn't recommend I it. Would not at all. And that just means that when Cash and Grayson go, they're going to be useless. They can't carry anything. Yeah, we did pass a mom and a dad and a eight year old boy going to hike where we had just camped the night before, and he had on a little backpack, and the mom had it on a little bit bigger backpack, and the dad had the stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he was, was loaded. Pack. He was the mule. Yes. Loaded down. Yeah. That kid had like an iPad and an apple <laughs> in his. <laughs> he maybe was carrying dinner. Yeah. Just a bunch of mountain houses. Maybe. Yeah. If that. That's probably what the mom was carrying. Yeah wild so it like would you like to do a through hike at some point or how what do you see is that i mean with our life um with the three babies right now i don't know maybe in the future i don't know about a true through hike but i would love to take like a year and knock out a state you could do georgia throughout a year easily the biggest virginia has the most miles virginia's got like 500 so that's the big chunk um i don't know you may have to spread that over two or three years but I mean, if you're strictly hiking, averaging two and a half miles an hour, you can you can make some miles yeah. on it. Like two the two guys that slept in the shelter with Herman, they were doing 130 miles from somewhere in Georgia to the Nantahala Outdoor Outdoor Center in in uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So they were doing a long trip. That is a long trip. Um, I I haven't done a lot of that. You know, growing up, my my dad was just like not a fan. He didn't, he didn't, he was like, I've lived outside and camped outside. I like air conditioning. I like being inside and like, we never even did picnics growing up. And so it's something I've gotten more interested in the last few years. One, like a YouTube channel that I've really enjoyed is a thing called outdoor boys. Mm. It's a guy who was born and raised in Alaska, moved to Virginia, and then just recently moved back to Alaska. He's got three boys. And he'll do survival camping. He'll do like long distance treks like that. He'll do all kinds of stuff. And it's super interesting. But like he talks a lot about the ultralight stuff because what he said was if you're going to take children or family camping, you have to be a fan of ultralight. Because otherwise you're just carrying too much junk. It's just too much stuff. And you're going to end up with their backpack on and all kinds of stuff. And so like he has a big hyperlight bag. He has a Dyneema tent that they all sleep in. The hyperlights are nice. Yeah. They're expensive. But that's just because he's like, one, he does it full time. Like Mm -hmm. this is his job. But he's like, I got to cut weight everywhere Mm -hmm. because I'm carrying stuff for one to two to three boys plus himself. Yep. And so it's been super interesting. You know, that's something that I would love to do more and be a part of more. So... We should do it sometime. Yeah, we just don't have those opportunities in Mississippi as much as other states. Not like that. Not I mean, like there's that. campgrounds and there's stuff. There's campgrounds, but, but not like 
hiking, hiking. Yeah, like I this. I agree. So we'll just have to figure it out, make it happen. Chris, any last things you want to say? Any shout outs? You've given a lot of shout outs. I've given but... a lot of shout outs. Um, I was instructed to say that Kayla, you're my queen, and uh, I'm just going to close it with that. That's good. She Steven, told, yeah. Any questions? Last things? Other than this episode, what's your favorite episode of the podcast? Oh, man. See, so that's what's great about y'all's podcast is everybody has experienced the things that y'all have talked about. And that's a really hard question because um, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. I'll, I'll just talk about the coffee episode because I enjoy drinking coffee. I am not going to discriminate on coffee, whether it's Keurig, gas station, mm-hmm. My house, your house, Maxwell house, Maxwell house, wherever. Um, I have started drinking Black Rifle coffee. Yeah, drinking Tacta Squatch right now. That's the flavor. That's the blend. It's really good. But um, I like that episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I think there's an episode I liked more, but it's not coming to my mind right now. Well, you'll be episode 19, 19. So there's 18 other ones that you can choose from. I enjoyed Nick's. Nick's was good. We did all about it. We still have. Get the worms. Baby brush hogs. Yeah. Right here. We still talk about it. It's great. We're we're about approaching the I say need. The uh I, I guess I'll just say need then. Uh for another like viewer review episode. We do mm. like Nick did. So I like the that. one where you started to get heated over the fast food. That was this last one, wasn't was, it? Two I, two, I two episodes I, ago. I wouldn't say I got heated. He was getting with close. The no, not the chicken with Chick Fil A versus McDonald's. You were wrong, one hundred percent. I am all on your side for that. Maybe used to, maybe out. maybe used to be the gold standard, but not anymore. In the seventies, when it came out, I think if you left Central Mississippi, it'd be you'd feel different. Gold standard is um, subjective and geographical. So if you go to California, what's the gold standard? In and out. Yes. If you're here, what's the gold standard? Chick Fil A, the Lord's Chicken. Or, or Whataburger, if you're looking for a burger. But if you're in Texas, what's gold standard? It may be Chick-fil-A or Whataburger. It's Whataburger. Yeah. Whataburger in Texas hits different. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I amen to that. Yeah. I like him. Let's bring him back. I'm down for that. Whataburger does not make the best fast food burger. Because you haven't eaten it in Texas. It hits different. I haven't eaten it in Texas. Dairy Queen in Texas hits different. <laughs> <laughs>